0: I do come to this church. Some of you—it's uh, it's nice to see a lot of new faces. But some of you might not know me. Uh, my wife Georgia and I—we we pastor the evening congregation here. Um, but it's always wonderful to come and be here and share with you guys because, oh man, I love—I just love doing this. Um, if you are just visiting today, or if this is your—if you haven't been in a couple of weeks, we uh, have just started a series called Loving Others. Um, and it really, if uh, it's really amazing to me because over the years we've we've kind of been known as this church that has this tagline, Loving God, Loving Others. And it's amazing that people in our church, when when people walk up to them and say, hey, what's your church about? That seems to be the one thing that people gravitate towards all the time. It's where our theology comes from. I can't claim it as being original or anything. We took it straight from the mouth of Jesus uh, in Matthew 22. So. But that's really been everything that we're about as a church, loving God, loving others, exploring that and trying to understand that and live that out. And um, this Loving Others series seemed like something that was really worth worthwhile to invest in. And so uh, two weeks ago, Vic uh, gave a sermon called Seeing the Other. Uh, last week, uh, friend shared a message called uh, Relating to the Other. And you can find both of those messages uh, on our website, svc.org.nz. Uh, really worth listening to if you didn't have a listen to them uh, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and we find ourselves today uh, exploring this very broad topic of serving the other. So um, uh, I'm going to uh, ask you to turn to Galatians. 5 verses 13 to 14. So if you've got your Bibles or your iPads or your iPhones or your Samsungs or whatever, um, why don't you do that? And while you're doing that, I'm just going to open in prayer. So Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to come and do a good work in us this morning. Would you stir something inside of us? Father, I want to thank you for the incredible uh, servant hearts that are in this room for the things that people say yes to, for the things that they put their hands to, for the way that they obediently walk in the things that you've called them towards. And Father, we wanna continue to do that. We wanna grow in that. We wanna look for the activity of your kingdom and we wanna step into those things in all kinds of different ways. And so Lord, would you do something in us this morning as we explore this topic of serving? Would you draw us deeper into your presence and deeper into your story, I pray. Amen. Galatians 5, 13 to 14. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is what we were called to. We were invited into a freedom in Christ Not so that we could go about living however we wanted to, but so that we might love one another and serve one another and pursue the kingdom together. This is what we are called towards and invited towards. You don't need to spend a lot of time studying the scriptures to learn that serving is intrinsic to the fabric of Christianity. It is wired into our DNA. It is what we are called towards, invited towards, uh, encouraged in, compelled to do, captivated by. We are called to be people who serve uh, the purpose of the kingdom and who serve one another in love. Um, If you go through the Old Testament, there are all kinds of scriptures that invite you towards seeking justice, uh, who invite you towards loving the foreigner, Uh, who invite you towards doing what is right in your community. There are scriptures that invite you towards kindness and hospitality. This has always been the invitation of God to his people to pursue these things. When we get to the Gospels, we see Jesus model an incredible servant heart. He serves every person that he meets. He treats them with kindness and love and grace. And Jesus even warns those who fail to live this out, who miss the point of this, he warns them and says, however you've treated the least of these in society, that is how you've treated me. Serving is intrinsic to the DNA of Christianity. Paul and the other writers of the New Testament regularly call readers forward in the areas of service, just like this Galatians script we read just before. Serving is hardwired into who we are. And here's the interesting thing, right? You can be a server without being a believer, but you can't be a believer without being a server. It's just what happens. Here's the other interesting thing, though, okay? If you were also to spend a bunch of time exploring and studying this topic of serving in the Scripture, you would also see that... um, Serving is of no transactional benefit. Here's what I mean by that. We are very transaction-oriented creatures, right? Anytime we do something, we want something out of it. Sometimes that thing's really small, right? Sometimes it's really small. Sometimes it's a little negotiation with ourselves, right? Well, if I eat this chocolate bar, I promise I'll go to the gym, right? I'll go for a run in the morning, Anyone? Or just me? So Instead of mine says it's like six chocolate bars and like maybe I'll go to the gym. So you know like but we do those things. There are these little transactions that take place in ourselves. We work in, some of us work in businesses and schools. There's all kinds of different negotiations that go on. You know, every time you spend money, you get something in return. That's how society works. That's how we're wired. And so it doesn't matter whether it's, uh, uh, whether you're purchasing a product or whether you're going on a holiday uh, or whether it's a, some sort of relationship. There are these contracts and negotiations and transactions that we enter into. That's just what we do. That's how it works, particularly in the West like we're defined by a culture of of uh, experience and materialism so we're all about these little transactions and what these transactions do for you let me present you with a hypothetical situation just to give you an example right let's say my wife and i had a child not prophetic just yet all right but let's say and cuz our church is really wonderful you guys get together and you make me a lasagna This is a little hypothetical situation. I love lasagna. Just saying. I love babies. We're not going to talk about that right now. So let's say... Yeah, she's not. Um, But let's say you guys get together. You're like, we know Calvin loves lasagna. We know Georgia doesn't want to cook. She's probably tired. Um, We know that it's all really stressful. And let's say you guys get together and you make me an epic lasagna... Right? And then you come round to my house and you knock on my door and I open the door and I take it from you and I turn around and I close the door. I don't say anything, okay? I don't I don't say thank you. I don't acknowledge you. I probably don't even look you in the eye. It's just lasagna to me. Bye. You know? It's just that. What's your first instinct? Oh, there you go. That was rude, right? No, no, no. I'm saying like, that's what your response would be to me, right? Like, wouldn't it be rude if you've done something lovely and generous and sacrificial for someone? You've gone out and bought the ingredients and you've made them this thing? It's like, oh, Calvin, you know, we love our assistant pastor. He's wonderful. And we're going to make him a delicious pastor. Ah, You guys are getting there. Who hasn't had enough coffee this morning? I know. I'm just practicing, Steve. Isn't it interesting that in the act of serving, in the act of loving, we're often still looking for a response? We still want a transaction? In fact, there's a lot of philosophers that posit the idea that there's no such thing as selfless love, an act of selfless love that at every single level of, of loving uh, acts, there's actually an element of selfishness. You know, even every time we give to charity, it's like there's actually, we're fulfilling one of our own needs in some way. Even if it's a need to want to contribute to something bigger than ourselves. You know, philosophers question the concept and the notion of selfless love. That's why I present that as an example, because I think I would do it as well if I gave someone something delicious and they said nothing to me, I would find it incredibly rude. Why? Because we're transactional. This is how we function. But because uh, we are transactional in nature, we often apply this mentality to the dynamic of our relationship with God. And this presents us with something of a dilemma within our servanthood. You see, it's so easy to equate our action with an affection from God. I need the clicker. Can we get the next slide up? <clears throat> it's so easy to... Uh, oh, that's not even... There you go. Now we're back on track. It's so easy to, to look for ways of equating our action for the affection of God. But Scripture tells us that it's not about that. There's nothing that we can say or do that will make God's perception of us change. I love what Philip Yancey um, says in one of his books. Um, so <clears throat> here, uh, there is nothing we can do to make God love us more, and there is nothing we can do to make God love us less. That is the reality of what we live in. And so, as you study and think about the concept of serving, we're presented with these two quite basic ideas. One is that as Christians. We have to serve. It's hardwired into who we are. It's woven into the fabric of who we are as followers of Christ. It's what we're invited towards, compelled towards, all this sort of thing. But also, it does nothing for your relationship with Him. It doesn't affect it. It doesn't affect how He feels about you. And so what does that mean? What does that shape in us? What does it uh what does it do in us? How do we reconcile those things, and how do we move towards uh, discovering what being a servant looks like in our life? When the reality is, it's like we're always going to have this relationship with him, but serving is this thing that just has to happen. So I want to I want to look at a couple things. The first thing I want to do is, is look at what is serving what is it exactly that we're talking about here? And then I wanna look at how serving can spring forth out of us, how we can discover serving, a serving that brings us life, a serving that doesn't feel like it's tied to a transaction, a serving that feels like it's more uh, intrinsic to who we are and who God's made us to be. Those are the things I wanna explore. But here's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about serving because I think it's an incredibly broad concept, right? To me, serving is the natural expression And result, uh, to me, serving is the natural uh, expression and result of a transformative encounter with the love and grace of God. Right? Serving is the natural experience, expression of a transformative encounter with the love and grace of God. And in experiencing that love and grace, we discover the love and grace of, that God has for the whole world around us, and we begin to fall in step with those rhythms in accordance with who we are and who God has called us to be. Sometimes I just love to spend a little bit of time I'm reading the message version of the Bible. It's, um, it's a really helpful way of, of sometimes understanding the more complex side of things. And there was this thing I was drawn to probably five or six years ago, and it was in a uh Matthew 11:28 to 30. It says this, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. There's this invitation from Jesus to fall in step with what he is doing, to walk alongside him, to learn from him, to observe the way he does things. Like, I don't know, I don't know about you, but when I read the Gospels and I look at the stories and the way he was, I, I'm always almost transported there in a sense, you know. It's, it's so easy in your imagination to, to picture yourself there and to picture yourself alongside him and to consider how that might play out in your own life. I don't know if you do that, but I, but I certainly do. But I'm, I, I just become so captivated with the character of Christ and the way he treats people, and the space he makes for them, and the way he gets alongside them, and his invitation to his disciples and to his followers. You come follow me, walk with me, work with me. It's this beautiful partnership. And that whole sense of learning the unforced rhythms of grace. that This isn't about fighting to do something or forcing ourselves to do something. It's not about making ourselves serve, doing something because we feel obligated to or because we know we have to or because Calvin said from the front that it was wired into the DNA of Christianity, so I better wire myself into it. You know, it's not about those things. It's about falling in step with the grace and love of Jesus. Discovering something of what God has for us in that space. That's what I think we're talking about when we talk about serving. Falling into those unforced rhythms, learning to move in them and to love in them. And I think as we do that, it's like there's something that begins to transpire inside of us. Because it's not, like I say, it's not just about doing something because we should or could or must or that it will make us feel better. But actually it's about discovering alongside Jesus what it is that we're supposed to do. And how we can discover um, passion and purpose and meaning and vocation in in what we do. And so serving isn't just this this thing that we do, but it becomes an expression of who we are. It's this thing that almost starts in the center of our being. And as we draw near to God and we become, uh, as we're drawn closer to Him, it's like this thing that just begins to bubble up from the core of our being. And it becomes an overflow rather than an overwork. You guys, hear what I'm saying? An overflow of who we are. We can't help but serve. We're just moving in the rhythms of God's grace and His love, which I think brings us to um, to a trickier thing to explore how do How do we uncover and discover? because chances are, I mean, you know, in, in my in my pocket, like on my phone, like I have a list of about 30 jobs that would need doing around the church, you know? There's things that you could do to serve, that's fine. But actually, I think it's more about discovering the thing that God's inviting you towards and inviting you to discover Him in, something that will bring you life and help you um, share the life of God and the love of God with other people in the midst of it. And that becomes a trickier thing to talk about. Because I can talk about how doing things in church is good. But helping you discover what it is, that's a trickier one. But I feel like I could I could at least point us in the right direction and, and help us move towards that together this morning. And I, man, I feel over the last few days like I've just... I've felt God stirring something in me for this and and I feel like there's a real invitation for us as a community to uh, let God do something in us in this space. But here's the first thing. Here's the first thing I think is incredibly important. We have to, as followers of Christ, give ourselves permission to encounter and to know His grace. And that's not a very Kiwi thing to do. It's not really a very natural New Zealand kind of thing. We're pretty good at like rolling up our sleeves and getting it done and you know we kind of talk about the independent New Zealander and stuff and it's like those things are actually really not very consistent with the story we're invited to. It's not consistent with the story of community. It's not consistent with the story of like serving one another and loving one another and having all things in common like those things are not consistent. And the idea of grace of just letting your identity be in something else, in the, in the love of God, that's not really consistent with our cultural narrative. But it's very important that we give ourselves permission to stand in that. We need to receive this thing that we, that we don't deserve, yet God longs to give. We need to allow ourselves the opportunity to receive this. The reason why I think it's important is because it connects us to His character. When we encounter the grace of God, we're connected to His character. We discover something of His heart. We we uh, grow in our understanding of His desires um, for our life and His desires for the lives of those around us, for the community in Forest Hill, for the school that your children go to, for your workplace. It's in experiencing that grace, that gift of love for yourself, it's in experiencing that for yourself that that you begin to discover more of what it is for those around you. We have to give ourselves permission to experience the grace of God because it draws us right into the very center of His story and His longing for the world around us. It's like in a moment of encountering His grace, it's like, this is the thing that's That's for everyone? Oh my goodness. This is the thing God longs for people to step into? Oh my goodness. Isn't that a profoundly beautiful thought? You see, without knowing God's gift of grace, uh, we couldn't, We can't really imagine or live uh, or or know a relationship with Him to the fullest extent. God wants to be in relationship with us because He loves us and because we're His children. But in order to, to enter into that relationship and in order to grow in it, we have to be able to just receive His love first. We have to be able to sit in His grace first. First. And we don't give ourselves the opportunity to do that enough. So later this morning i'm i'm gonna i wanna create the space and give the opportunity for us to stand in his grace and to know his grace because I think it's from that that everything else begins to flow once we've then sat in his grace. I think we can begin to ask questions about what it looks like. Okay, well, I'm feeling this thing and I'm longing to to partner with you, God, and to move in this thing that you're inviting me towards. What is it that you're doing? What are you stirring inside of me? And there's a few questions because I think what becomes important after encountering His grace is to be able to articulate for yourself your passion. What are the things you are passionate about? What will give me a sense of meaning and fulfillment? What do I long to see happen in the world? I can't remember who said it, but um, some guy, Frederick something or other, um, who said, you know, your passion is where your uh your great love meets the world's great need, you know? What are the things you're really passionate about seeing happen? What would you love to see different? And what are the needs you identify and where those things meet? It's like, oh, you've got something to contribute there. You've got a way to serve, something to serve, a vision to serve, a mission to serve, people to serve in that space. So you've got to be able to articulate it. You've got to be able to write it down. If you don't journal in some way, can I highly recommend starting? Even to just be able to write down on a piece of paper, what is my God dream? What are you inviting me towards? Those things are really helpful to process. We have to be able to articulate the things we're passionate about. And then the other thing is this, is we have to be able to recognize what our competency is, right? We have to be able to recognize what our capabilities are. Probably there's not a lot of us in the room who could be like, I wanna change the world by starting a giant tech company by starting the next Google, but a Christian version of Google, right? Probably like not a, not a lot of us have that capability, right? But we for sure have the capability to connect with people in the community, run a food bank, work alongside some other incredible organizations in West Auckland helping develop youth, work alongside um, the Māori communities on the North Shore, work alongside... Uh, the medical profession. Work alongside anyone who's doing something that you're passionate about. We have the opportunity to do those things, but we've got to function within our capacity, within our competency, within our uh, abilities and our strengths and our skills. Steve Graham, uh, who's the principal of Equipus College New Zealand, showed us this little diagram over the week, and I just took a quick little screenshot of it. But um, the intersection where our passion and our competency meet is the sweet spot, the serving sweet spot, if you can figure out where that intersection is, it's like you're going to be golden. You're going to be functioning and moving in the unforced rhythm of gr- rhythms of grace is going to feel totally natural in that little point because you're going to discover life in it. There's going to be something powerful and meaningful in it because where our passion and our competency meet, we begin to discover something of our meaning and our purpose and, and a way to serve which is incredibly powerful. Some of you, um, you know, we've got people who are doing this already in our church. Operation Christmas Child, which has been headed up by Julian for who knows how many years. It's like that, that comes right out of her heart of passion. And it was, and you know, as I think she was like 12 or something when she started doing it. And you know, it was totally within her capability to ring up, get some boxes along, get up the front of church and start talking about this thing. Let's fill some shoe boxes, Right. And it's like, you know, by the end of this by the end of next week we'll have a thousand shoeboxes sitting in from people who have been delivering them around the North Shore. We've been doing it for like, I don't know, eight years or something. And it's incredible this thing that's done just by one person willing to move towards the things that they're that they're passionate about. A couple of years ago, Matt Webster and I went out to go visit the guys of, uh, at Christians Against Poverty, and that started a bit of a conversation within our church. Um, Wade comes to me and says, man, I'm really excited about doing this. Now Wade works for Christians Against Poverty, right? helping people get out of debt. And when I talk to Wade, he talks about the people that are giving their lives to the Lord over the phone. Like in this incredible culture of celebration uh, and support and evangelism that's happening, and it's like, and when he talks about it, you're like, oh my goodness, this guy loves Cap, you know? It's incredible finding a finding a way to serve when your passion and your competence and your skill meet. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Phil Hanson, who was the chairman of our of our board here, Shovinia Church. Some of you will know Phil, um, but uh, Phil and Liesl are often at, at our evening congregation now. Um, but Phil was the chairman on our board for a number of years, and at the beginning of this year, he came to Vic and he was like, uh, he's like, I don't want to don't want to be the chairman anymore because he's like, I feel like God's God's put something on my heart, and Vic was like, well, okay, well, what is it? And Vic was and, and Phil was like, oh, well, I'm a painter, and uh, and uh, I'm really passionate about. Stopping this whole thing of human trafficking, or con- you know, contributing to the efforts against human and sex trafficking. And I've had this idea for an exhibition um, called "Face of a the Daughter." Um, these are some of the paintings that Phil has been doing over the last year. And um, not not next, uh, not this Wednesday coming, but next next week Wednesday, uh, his exhibition is taking place, and he's inviting. Uh, you know, high-profile businessmen and, uh, you know, all, all kinds of uh, companies along to this event. And he's already, hes already they're doing this auction and they've already sold some. It's like he, when he even when he announced the event, he sold one of his paintings for $5,000, you know? Like, and when he talks about this event, he lights up. We want to talk about serving, where passion and competency meet but I don't think I do feel justice, right? So we've got a little video that um, I want to show because I want to tell the story of what's happening in our midst. That's been a year in the works and next week, Wednesday, that's happening. And if you want to go to that exhibition, you can. You need to RSVP. There's a Facebook event uh, for it. Uh, If you know Phil, you can contact him. And um, if you know anyone who would be interested in And being a buyer or something, what a great thing to invite them towards. But isn't it amazing what happens? The creativity, the wonder, the beauty that is sparked by the love for the other and the desire to serve the other in some way. Serving the other that Phil has never met before, but longing to ensure that every human has the opportunity to live a dignified life. Isn't that a beautiful and special thing? Isn't that what we advocate for as followers of Christ? James 2.26 says this, For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. You know, if our faith and belief in the good news of Jesus does not lead us uh, towards finding creative, beautiful, meaningful, hospitable, compassionate, generous, courageous, if it doesn't lead us towards that, then what's the point of this story? If that love of Jesus does not lead us towards action, towards serving one another as Jesus would have, then what kind of love is that? What kind of story is it? Is that a story that we even want to be a part of? Has it even captured and captivated us at all? What kind of story is this? What is this story doing to us and in us? What are we captivated by and drawn towards? What do we long to see happen? You know, we serve because we are loved. And because we are loved, we just go and we carry that love out into the world around us. And there's no limits to what that can look like. There's no limits to the glory it can bring. There's no limits to the opportunities that people will have to enter into the love of Christ when we, when we uh, live out whatever it is that we feel called to serve in. Romans twelve nine to 13 says this, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, but be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Man, we're invited towards this thing, to do it with a sense of passion to do things in a way that seems completely abnormal. Like, we're invited to do that. We get to be a part of living out God's stories. And I think when we do it from a center of love, when we do it anchored in the love of God, When the love of God is the thing that's speaking to us and we've encountered that grace and it's spoken to the very core of our being and it begins to spring out of who we are, it becomes much easier to pursue the kind of selfless love that Jesus invited us towards. It becomes much easier to even hold loosely what we give. It's like, well, I'm just giving this thing because of love. The lasagna becomes an easy thing. It's like, yeah, hearing a thank you is nice, but, but I long to give you this meal comes from that center of love. Truly selfless love, truly selfless serving is of no transactional benefit to us. It requires nothing in return. But when we choose to live it out, when we live in that, when we function out of that love, I think it does something incredible in the world around us. It does something incredible in our church community. It does something incredible for one another. It does something incredible on the streets of the North Shore right out here, right out here on uh, on Forest Hill Road, down in Huarau Park, Marangi Bay, Birkenhead, wherever you are. I'm not going to list all the suburbs. Begins to do something in the world around us. And then we're invited towards things that make a difference in other countries, Thailand, Cambodia. The United States, Europe, like all of these places we're invited towards. God is inviting us into a story in some way, shape, or form. And I want to invite you this morning to step into that. So what does it look like for us today? Well, I believe, like I said earlier, I believe God wants to stir something in us this morning. I, I really believe it. I believe He wants to stir people towards... Doing things in our church. Just helping with the things that are already set up. Finding ways to help mainly music on a Friday or to help DG with youth. Or deciding that you're passionate about walking alongside young adults and so you decide to come along in the evening services. Not because you need something from it, but because you want to come and connect with some of the students who are from out of town. And they're not with families at the moment. They're adjusting to independent life. Like, There's those sorts of opportunities around. Maybe you're someone who loves to bake or, who you, or you, you love making food. So what would it look like to serve with those things? Maybe you're someone who just really enjoys coffee. Maybe you're someone who's really good on the computer or you'd be interested in learning sound or you've got a musical gift that you haven't told anyone about. You like playing music, but you're actually too scared because you're like, oh, maybe everyone's on the stage really good. Or something, you know. Uh, but there are opportunities to move towards serving within our community. I, I think that there are some of you that God is 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 wanting to stir up some things for the wider community and for people on the North Shore, for the mothers' groups, for um uh, the homeless on the North Shore, for the teenagers who are struggling with uh, depression with the mental health issues that are existing on the North Shore, right? I believe God is stirring something. I believe God wants to stir something in the area of generosity and compassion in our lives. I believe he wants to stir those things in us this morning. So I want to invite you to stand with me. And this is how we're going to close. Um I wanna pray for every single one of us this morning. It's not gonna be a it's not gonna be a, a come to the front type of ministry morning. But I think God wants to meet with each and every person here today. And uh during my prep and during my my prayer time I saw I saw two postures. And so just as, as Reese starts to play and as we, as we invite God, I want you to adopt one of these postures depending on whichever one is, is sort of where you're at. If you feel like you need an encounter with the grace of God, if you feel like you uh, haven't felt that in a long time, if you feel like you don't deserve grace, um, if you feel like you haven't stood in that in a long time, I want to invite you to just open your hands. Because I think God wants you to encounter His grace this morning. And then the other posture that I think is really important is, is the hands up posture. And that's the one that says, God, here I am. Use me. That doesn't mean you have to know what it is. That doesn't mean you have to have identified what the passion is to know what you're going to do. It doesn't mean that God's going to like suddenly download, you know, a blueprint of this thing that you're going to do to change the world. But you're inviting Him to come and stir a dream in you, stir an idea, awaken you to something. And if you don't feel like either of those two things is for you, I'd love to invite you to open your eyes and look around the room and see if there's someone that you feel compelled to go and lay hands on and to bless the thing that God's doing in them. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We ask you to just come and move amongst us in power and in peace, Lord. Come and move in us. Come and stir things in us. Captivate us. Father, I pray for for a fresh sense of your grace in this room right now. And for every person whose hands are open to receive grace, Lord, I ask that you would pour our grace on them right now and that they would give themselves permission to receive grace in this moment. As that grace is pouring out, it's like I just, I just got sort of over and over again, I love you, 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 I love you. I love you. It's like suddenly every time you've ever thought something negative about yourself or you believe something negative about yourself that was contrary to what God says about you. It's like an I love you for every single one of those. It's like in this moment, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. So let your grace come, Lord. Let your grace come. More of your grace. And for those of you who have your hands up, Lord, I ask that you would just do something—do something incredibly special in them—that you would awaken new ideas. I just keep getting in my head this um, I'm scared to start it's like there are people here who know some things that they would love to do but I'm scared to start God doesn't invite us to move in fear, he invites us to move in hope and trust and so there's an encouragement this morning step into those things to to take a little step off the ledge and I just feel like there's a question that God's putting out on the on the heart of some of you maybe for all of us and it's just this Lord, what are you inviting me towards? I think often we just wait. We wait for the thing to hit us in the face, but Scripture invites us to ask. Scripture also tells us that we can bring our desires before Him. So you can also ask God this God, what if I did this? I've had an idea about this. Could I do that? prayer for you this week is that you would you would be drawn to these questions that in the best possible way these questions would sit with you and would like nag away at you not in an annoying way hopefully but like in a beautiful way in a way that allows God to shape something and you to shape something with Him for you to bring your own creativity and your ideas to the mix. Would this sit with you? I think it's a very real challenge for us this morning. What are we being invited into? What is the sweet spot between our passion and our capability? What is it, Lord, that you're doing in me? What are you calling me towards? What can I do to move in the rhythms of your love and grace? Lord, help us to move in those rhythms this week, I pray.